podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Welcome back to a Tuesday edition of Tech Talk. It's headlines round one. It's the juice. Clint Scott, Jeff Haxton, Brendan Riker behind the glass taking care of us. We'll start with what we have on the airwaves tonight. If you want high school basketball, well, we got it. Heaps and bounds. After we're done at 6 o'clock, Friendship Girls are at Odessa Permian. With the boys following after, you'll hear Choice Woodman on that call. Over on 100.7, the score, Lubbock Cooper uh, is just down the road at Lubbock High. District action over there. Girls at 6, boys at 7.30 as well. And then Liberty, they will be at home against Roosevelt on 93.1 Texas FM. Girls starting at 6.30 on that one. Boys at 7.30. Action from the Big 12 Last night, of course, Texas Tech is off until Saturday uh, whenever they see Oklahoma on the road. Just one game played last night. It was in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, beat Cincinnati 74-69. to A pretty close, grinded-out style of game there at Allen Fieldhouse. Kansas does get a win. Tonight, several games, uh, plenty of matchups we'll get into as well, by the way, but Texas is at 11th-ranked Oklahoma. little Red River rivalry there on the court. And a scouting opportunity. And a scouting opportunity, yeah. Um, West Virginia is at UCF. A little measuring stick game there to me. Uh, And then a a biggie, 8 o'clock tip tonight. I really can say they're all biggies in the Big 12. But uh, 4th-ranked Houston at 21st-ranked BYU. Houston has yet to win on the road in the conference. Um, and BYU, 2-3, and three, still trying to find some footing, but I think has been clearly one of the surprises this year in the conference. Uh, and then the evening will also round out with TCU over at Oklahoma State. Is the uh, Texas-Oklahoma one grab your eye the most just because that's who you see next? Absolutely. Um, you know, I've started to look forward to this game on Saturday, even though we still have more Big 12 games to go this week, and this is the Red Raiders' time to to uh, get healed up a little bit, get your legs back. I think Joe Toussaint needs it the most with the, the pounding that he's taken and the size that he is. But I'm, I'm telling you, after watching Kansas and Cincinnati, after seeing Texas up close and personal, after seeing BYU, um, seeing Kansas State, still haven't seen TCU in person, still haven't seen Iowa State in person, but that's coming pretty quick. Um, if to, I think really, I really do think that if Texas Tech can win on Saturday, they're a bona fide Big Twelve championship contender. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're the favorite, but I really feel this way. I mean, if you get to five and one in this conference, and you've already kind of toured around and um, you know, you you played Ken Poella, net number one, net number four. Uh, Oklahoma's all the way up to 11. Texas Tech is all the way up to 20. You have to let your mind say, hey, it's okay. Even though this has been kind of a weird deal and 
you have a new coach and you're making this big transition and everything is new. Uh, you lost Devin Cambridge. You still have to let your mind say, hey, it's okay to say that this team can compete for the Big 12 championship. And I think if you win uh, Saturday, you put them on that list. Yeah, I, I think And I want to see what Oklahoma's all about. That's one team that I haven't seen a ton of. Mm-hmm. And I know they've they just come off a, a good win at Cincinnati. Uh, I know they did really well on the portal because I think they, kind of like us, are using like three guys <clears throat> from last year's team. So it's basically a new team for Porter Mosier as well. Mm-hmm. Porter had to press all kinds of panic buttons because it didn't look good for him and his future. You know, like, hey, I may be to the point where I get the axe here, the ugly axe, but um, he's turned it around. I really think he can coach. Um, lots of good storylines. And then that Texas storyline is fascinating too because of all the drama. They've had um, some Dallas Cowboy-esque type things going on where the the reason that I watch the Dallas Cowboys is for the the soap opera, really not mm-hmm. the football, you know, the what goes around it, you know, um, from the front office to the coaching situation, to the fans, to the every, you know, I, that's why I watch the Cowboys. These for, are the Dallas Cowboys yeah. of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Texas uh, basketball's got some of that going on. So I want to see how they're I – kn- I know their personnel. So I want to see how their personnel matches up with OU's. I, I think it's interesting with Texas that, you know, I'm and, – and we're actually going to do a little pretenders, contenders – in the second hour today with Big 12 basketball and see how we feel as of right now. Of course, always subject to change, and uh, the league is so deep. You could just say contender for all of them. Who knows? Um, w- with Texas, I- I'm I'm not putting them in that winning the league conversation, and why would you right now? But I look at them still as, as a great example of the Big 12 because although you, know, you look into preseason expectations and how high they were picked to finish and – um, the talent that they have over there, even with questions like, hey, what's Rodney Terry going to look like? Um, how does that talent, as everyone's asking themselves this in college basketball, how does that talent handle the chemistry side? How do they play together on the court? That's been a question for Texas forever. Mm. It's not me when you've heard that before about Texas basketball. Mm. It doesn't matter who the coach has been there. Um, that's still a team that can beat you know, a Houston or can beat a Baylor um, or you know can beat a Kansas, but can also clearly lose to a UCF and a West Virginia, something like that. Um, and right now they are. That's a great storyline too. How West Virginia's defended its home court, because even in the non-con, they they weren't even defending that court. Uh, they weren't playing competitive basketball like we're used to. And and you understand, you know, Bob Huggins. I didn't mean to hijack your topic, no, but no. Uh, Bob Huggins gone there's all that drama there with the uh the dewey and the way that he would talk on shows and uh, i don't know i think he he was drunk half the time i really do um think that with bob and mm-hmm. i mean and and that's you know that's not anything that's really uncommon eddie Sutton was that way too he was drunk mm-hmm. half the time too but you know one one thing these guys had was massive massive personalities and just incredible coaches and they found ways to win buku buku basketball games. Um, so now, you know, all of a sudden you got them beating Texas and Kansas in, in the country roads. Mm-hmm. It's incredible to me. That shouldn't be happening right th- this year. 
that they should be having an Oklahoma State type year, and they're not. They were the one that I was even with UCF. I wasn't. I was in that. That's going to be a bottom tier team in the Big Twelve. But I wasn't going to write them off into just a complete, complete mess. I just didn't think that they would handle it well. I, I just hadn't thought about West Virginia. Like when all of the preseason stuff talk and conversations that we have between the shows, it's like, why even talk about West Virginia? They're going to be a mess. Um, that's going to be way too much to to overcome. And, and just overcoming one, the legend side of Bob Huggins, but then also just the actual mess side of Bob Huggins, that entire storyline, and then trying to rebuild a roster. And they had injuries and stuff coming into it, and they were having transfer issues as far as just, hey, how are we going to field a team? Late and, portal entries. I mean, and now you got Raekwon Battle, who, again, is just another example of, boy, there's another terrific Big 12 guard who can score at will on any given night. And a team that's still big and long. Like, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. Uh, just one more for you real quick. Milwaukee Bucks will be looking for a new coach midseason. They have fired first-year head coach Adrian Griffin. Uh, they're like 30 and 13 second uh, in the Eastern Conference. That is the best winning percentage for a team that's fired its head coach during a season since David Blatt with the Cavaliers in 2015 and 2016. Uh, apparently he had lost the locker room. Um, mm-hmm. So there you go. That should be a... Uh, don't ever lose that locker room. Don't lose that it's locker room. It's around the corner and down the hall. Yeah. So, there you go. That is your uh, headlines for today. We got this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line uh, from Shelly. Uh, holy blank. I'm typing my resignation letter as Hack says I quit. Wreck em. Uh We need to put a key lock on, base, on the basement because one of our daughters sleepwalks. Oh, my Lord. Goodness. We will uh, get into some NFL talk here on the other side. I can't imagine that. <laughs> like, it's one of those deals where, you know, you've always got, oh, I got this problem. I got this problem. And then it's like, well, okay, well, let's add a sleepwalker that might just <laughs> stroll out in the middle of the street in the middle of the night. Uh, and you're like, okay, well, at least I don't have that one to worry about. It's just like chains on the outside of the door. And they're like, oh, who are you keeping in there? They're like, no, we're keeping you hooligans safe out here. <laughs> keeping the animal inside. It is Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3. Back with more next. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. That guy's got to be just, you know, living his best life since it's the board. and it wasn't Dabo Sweeney. Didn't have to rip his arm off and set himself on fire. It, it, it beat himself up with that contract <laughs> <Yeah>. fracture. <laughs> Clint Scott, Jeff Haxton, <laughs> Brendan Riker. It is a Viking Hacks BPE edition. Mm. Uh, as we're live from the First United Bank studio here in Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. You got... Do I got a question for you? Yes. Who gave you the name Viking? You did. Thank you. Was call, that an argument? Call your claims it. Wait, why was he was he here when that was going around? I mean, I don't know. It was like you're wrong, man. You're wrong. I, so, I gave it to you. Okay, so this is how I remember it, is because it's from uh, Bedazzled. Yes, right. That's yes. what the quote's from. Yeah, and I was so excited to have that reference thrown my way because yeah. that movie is hilarious. It's so underrated and not talked about enough. Diablos. 
Number one. I, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Got to play hard and try the, hard. The whole Colombian drug lord thing is is so brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it's like ten minutes of just brilliant, brilliant film. When the, he turns into the drug dealer. The the like of all the, all the little sub scenes. To me, the worst one still has my favorite quote though. Because the emotional one on the beach, yeah, like as a whole, not that good. But like, when is that darn thing gonna set? Yeah. I've said that so many times in my life. <laughs> it's summertime. When is that darn thing gonna set? You're right. That is the worst one, but that is a terrific line. Yeah, yeah but it, that, that's the, the it's the it's the play by play guys. Uh, they have a play by play guy and a color guy, and they're ma- they're making fun of them too, which is I love. You know, it's fun. You know, a, a play. A, Inevitably, play-by-play guys in movies are, are idiots, are complete nerds, complete uh, morons. But yeah, he said he plays basketball like he's a like he's a Viking giant, you know, and that's what that came from. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know this was an argument going around. I could have settled this a lot quicker. Good. So how long has this been going on? Uh, ever since Collier came back and we started doing a show together, he's been laying claim. Now. You know, so you know, I'm, I'm I'm backing you on this that this was from you. I do now want to hear just his version to know why, because I I remember vividly sitting in and mm-hmm. um, I mean my first my first real show here mm-hmm. was when the press box was still alive and mm-hmm. kicking, and it was you, me, and Randy. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I remember um, the first time you sat in. I was like, that guy's got it. <laughs> He's got it. Now look at him. He's hosting Tech Talk. That's right. Attrition. Yeah. Failing upwards. <laughs> yeah. Uh rolling into more responsibility. That's what we're doing here. No, yeah, it's uh it's not, it's crazy that it's been two years. Not to get all uh like uh looking back a, emotional. Yeah. It's a heck of a job by you to go from punching buttons and that to go to host sack talk too. Oh, man, I, got uh, I got something for you here before we, we talk football. Let's do it. College basketball report with the um at this time. All right, here's the best way to say this. Just read it. Where the last 10 college basketball national champions were ranked at this point in the season. Okay. UConn was ranked 19th, Kansas 5th, Baylor 2nd, Virginia 3rd, Villanova 1st, North Carolina 9th, Villanova 6th, Duke 4th. UConn was receiving votes, and then Louisville 5th. Those are your last 10 basketball champions um you see a whole lot of blue blood in there and a whole lot of it helps to be in the top 10 out of the 10 two were outside of it mm-hmm. at this time so well that's where you know the the blue blood conversation and the transfer portal conversation i, I think uh we sat here and and discussed this a little bit uh over the summer at, at some point where, hey, does the trans and this is this has been the big question as you get more and more free reign with the transfer portal and you get NIL added into that and it really is has turned into a free agency and it's not just basketball but just for uh, the purpose of this conversation, uh, does this even out the talent pool and and it does to an extent but then when you look at the the championship side of it it's still like quote unquote. Uh, I guess the big boys, or however you want to see it, it's 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 the it's the big guys that are still winning the titles, and and I don't think even from 
And we'll see, you know, maybe in a five-year sample from here, uh, as you see more of how the wide-open transfer portal is now and everybody can play all the time and play anywhere and play all the years and doesn't really matter. Uh, and I'm not complaining with that. I'm just, you know, noting that. Sounded like you were given the lines of uh, the the rules of whose line is it anyway. There. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, the points don't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it, it still seems like, although it, it helps the little guy and evens things out to an extent at the end of the day, um, it is still, there's still going to be a talent gap. There's still going to be um, the five stars or the, or the, co- or the programs hiring away coaches who know to develop people into the five stars, which still makes the sport really hard. And or, that's why you're still not just seeing like, Hey, all of a sudden Texas A&M commerce, look at them in the final four. Well, here's another thing that happens too. You don't hire coaches from mid major, major levels to get them to get there because they develop players. Well, mm-hmm. they have a relationship with a player and why why do you think you see these these media guides with 50 faces on them right okay you got like 14 players to 40 personnel mhm i'm not blowing that out of proportion well you think about talvin hester uh, and his oh who did who did talvin know really well oh is that kevin o'banner guy and then there was mm-hmm. another guy that knew Bryson Williams really well. And then, so your your people are getting jobs off transfers. Off, I mean, that's one of the things that nobody really talks about. Is hey, you want to you want to come coach at Texas Tech? I can get the role of. I mean, it could be janitor, and they dress it up, you know, um, <laughs> cleaning operations, director of Gardettos. <laughs> you know, I mean, they could just make up all these these. Uh, these uh, job titles, and then, oh yeah, coach, I'll come to, I'll come along with you. You know that happens too. So, I would be a great director amazing. of Gardettos, by the way. But I would be fantastic, Gardettos. Sorry, <laughs> like you would never have to worry about that box being empty. We'd be rolling fifty hey, boxes deep. You know what the best part about that too, though, is it breaks down to dog. <laughs> hey. Where's the dog? Director of Gardettos. Where is he? I Get the dog. Bark. Bark, bark, bark. Here you go. I got you. Toss him Rough. sacks of Gardettos at Rough. me. <laughs> Director of Twizzlers. Oh, man. I, I would go full, like, hot dog stand guy, too. Like, you know, anytime you come to the side, like, I need Gardettos. It wouldn't be a bottle of water. It wouldn't be anything. It'd be open. It would be perfectly crisp. It'd be a heck of a job, I man. mean, I would have a little napkin if you needed to pinch some of the dust off, some of the seasoning. I would, I, if you know, hey, you want pretzels only? Mm. I got pretzels only. You want breadsticks? You look like a breadstick guy. I got your breadstick bag right here, buddy. I need my rye chips. That's right, what I, I got need. You. Okay. As director of just, Gardetto. Just rye chips. How do I? You have set an unattainable dream. I know, man. It's oh, the man. way to go. I mean, you can get a gig, and then you can um, you know, be on the 737 <laughs> this weekend headed to the land at Oklahoma City. Go down and stay at the nice... Uh, Oh, where is it that we stay right there? Just You actually don't have to stay in, in Norman proper. Uh, Embassy Suites? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Embassy Suites. Got all kinds of restaurants around there. You go down, play OU, come back. Yeah, and then I'm going to go stay at the hotel, right? And as I'm staying at the hotel, I'm looking at the snack machine and I'm like, yeah, see, so you no know Gardettos. If they had a director of Gardettos, this would not be an issue. Yeah. But you guys have overlooked a position here at this fine establishment. I think I could help you. <laughs> well, if you had a mid-major player that was averaging 18 and 9, you could be the director of Gardettos. I don't... 
I need to work on that part. Yeah. See, I have all these Gardano skills now. Yeah. All of these these snack skills I have, uh, you know, just attained over life, and they're just going to be. To me, that empty. all started with beard, but I know it had to be bubbling up before that. But so, take it back eight years, and then if you were to look at his first media guide picture, I guarantee you the next year. It got a little bit bigger as far as mm -hmm. the amount of people working for you. Then you go to the Elite Eight, and then you've got so many people there. It was it. it we had more suits. Remember, as we were wearing yeah. suits before COVID, we had more suits than men's warehouse. I mean, and then we'd have this little tiny group of players. You know, yeah. it's crazy. It's big office corporations. It's just like when you walk up there, you're like, oh, who's this company? Oh, that is seventy two coaches. All right. It is Tech Talk on Double T97.3. Let's take a little trip back in time when we come back, shall we? It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hour number two of Tech Talk. You got us on Double T97.3 and Double T97.3.com. I had to pause with the pause. So that's why. Clint Scott, Jeff Haxton, Brendan Riker behind the glass taking care of us. We have high school basketball for you tonight. Three different double headers. Friendship girls are at Odessa Permian at 6 with the boys at 7.30 right after we're done here on Double T97.3. And then over on 100.7, the score, Lubbock Cooper is at Lubbock High. Girls at 6, boys following at 7.30. 93.1 Texas FM is where you can find Liberty as they're at home against Roosevelt. The girls will start at 6.30, boys at 7.30 uh, following. We are live from the First United Bank Studio. Two more hours with us. You can call us on the Visual Edge IT hotline, 806-771-0973. If you call that number, Brennan will give you your new WWF-style name. Uh, they might all involve lips, so just a heads up. It's pretty stuck on there. <laughs> That was uh that was entertaining getting to go back and watching that scene in the break. <laughs> I've seen wrestlers bigger than dinosaurs. <laughs> you ever find a dinosaur kid? They could do all kinds of damage. Oh, that scene resonated with little me. I just loved it. Golly, Thunder Lips, the ultimate male. I'm sorry. I No, I said I tell you, that is that is great cinema. They don't make that anymore. And that was in a that was in the third Rocky too, so yeah. What's your favorite one? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for the first one just because of, you know, I, I went back and watched. They were all out by the time I was growing up and, and being able to watch them where I'd enjoy them. Mm -hmm. And I didn't watch the the other ones following that, like after the first one for a really long time. And I'd seen that one so much mm -hmm. that that's probably why I like it. Not because I think it's a superior movie or anything mm -hmm. like that to the others or better storyline or has the best characters or anything like that so i mean nostalgia purposes it's just the first one yeah it's just the first one's sad it moves slow mm -hmm. it it's really telling the story of the underdog trying to overcome the world basically and and um then it gets i think i think it gets more fun and a little bit more entertaining as they move along and then you get to drago and drago is just that's that's the best one i think give me that one yeah, but they're all good. I mean, Mr. T, you talked about the A team. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. T's sitting there in the crowd watching that exhibition. You know, 
because he's Clubber Lang and he's getting ready to try and challenge Rocky. And so they're all they're all really fun and, and good, except for the one with the with Morrison in it, um, which I think is about six, maybe or the fifth one. I don't know. I haven't no. seen the Apollo ones. I was about to ask. I I, I like the. I guess it's just two out. So mm-hmm. I've liked the, the, the two that are out, the Apollo Creeds. They're pretty good. Um, I don't think anyone should go into it being like, this is another Rocky because it's its own story. And obviously you're you're telling stories now differently than what you were at that time whenever those Rockies were coming out. Um, and it's not as much of, I don't know, just being a completely different character gives it a different feel and it should. Um, but yeah, I like them. They're entertaining movies. Uh I haven't done a a good movie marathon of any movie in a while. I might have to go back and do the Rockies mm-hmm. and then we talk about it just so I can get. We're gonna work my way back to the Thunder. Let's let's get to the Thunderlips scene. Mm-hmm. Come on, I want to see him say, "Hey, move around the ring." He's the, he is the ring. <laughs> Rest in peace, Paulie. He died about two months ago. Yeah. Uh, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. You can hit us up there as well. Uh, question. Uh, on the chat line. As a 49ers fan, I don't understand the Purdy hate he he's mm. getting. 20-5 and five record in two seasons, two NFC Championship appearances. Was on a lot of the top stats as a quarterback this year. Jealousy, envy. I don't know if it's, to me, jealousy or envy. I think it's buying into uh, the perception that that is a system place. And and guess what? You can play in a system and still be a good quarterback. Um, but with the expectations, I think, of what everyone saw in college, I think he's still trying to fight some of that off because he wasn't coming in, you know, just head he's on Mr. fire. Irrelevant for yeah. God's sakes. So I don't think it's jealousy or envy. I think it's more of a the system quarterback is still just getting stuck to him with Shanahan's offense over there and the weapons that they have and as good of a team. But they've had actual system quarterbacks there and it not work as well as it has um, at its peak with Purdy. Now, it's still young. I mean, it's still just the second year. So, I mean, for me, I say good on them because we've seen over the years teams that will have uh, system quarterbacks installed. And, and you know what? It's not – It's not what it, what it is – is it's not Pat Mahomes, mm-hmm. and it's not. Uh, there's so many other. It's not like a Justin Herbert, and it's it's like things that either to to me like through the years Brett Favre. Okay, yeah. you know, all, it's not this exciting brand of hey, I'm going to wing this thing all over the place, and we're going to really entertain you. You know, it's more of we want to get four yards on first down, so we have six. And then we can cover three more, and then we can move the chains. And it's not all clouded us football because they do have skill with McCaffrey and Debo. But I just don't think, you know, him himself, I mean, when he doesn't have a football game, he goes back to Iowa and gets in the combine and goes, you know, and (laughs) and, and farms. You know, he's just not that exciting of an individual to begin with. And the, the style of play is not that either. But you did, I mean, you think Peyton Manning cares how he got that last Super Bowl? He couldn't throw it 10 yards down the field at that that yeah. year with the Broncos, maybe 20 yards down the field. He couldn't throw it. But they had all the other pieces. They had the best defense, and they had guys they could turn around and hand it off to. And I'll take this right back to um, Dallas. You know, Dak Prescott's a lot more entertaining to watch than Brock Purdy, but he's he's got Tony Pollard to turn around and hand it off to. He's trying to do... 
um, everything, absolutely everything for that offense. So this is there. Are, there are ways, different ways to skin a cat here, and one of those ways. Well, that's from my show. Um, let me hit the cliche button. Um, and one of the ways is to do it the way that the Niners are doing, and it's not the most exciting thing in the world. I, I think because that, that's where I thought you were going at first is like when you look at at Brock Purdy and we look at quarterbacks, what do we want? We want all of these highlight reels throughout a season, and we want Patrick Mahomes escaping the pocket and going, how did you make that throw? And we want Lamar Jackson going, how can you do that as a quarterback? You know, you're know, you not supposed to be able to do those things. And Brock yep. Purdy doesn't have any of those. Um, he doesn't have that skill level. But, but there's there's nothing wrong with just doing everything right. And, and just making sure you are a positive for your team. Because like you said, Peyton Manning doesn't care about the Super Bowl. Go back to early Tom Brady. Do you think he cares about, you know, riding a pretty dang good Patriots defense to some Super Bowls? Trent Dilfer. D- no, they don't care. And and with Brock Purdy, what you've, to me, and, and again, may, maybe, maybe we'll feel different after a couple of postseasons, but when you've looked at like Garoppolo, who's been here, it feels like, He's done what Garoppolo could do, and then take that a step forward. Better, even better. And, and so, why is that a negative? Like, why is that a bad? If you're a 49ers fan, I wouldn't care. I don't think it's jealousy or envy. I think it's just not flashy. Mm-hmm. So it gets pinned as system. Sometimes people care about how it looks when you win, and I just want to win. Yeah, I don't care what it looks like if it's ugly, if it's pretty. If it's a W at the end of the day and you move on and got a chance to play for championships, I'm a happy guy. We'll uh, see the 49ers take on the Lions this weekend. We'll have that at 5.30 on 100.7, the score, Sunday night. It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It is Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Happy Tuesday to you. Thanks for making us a part of your Tuesday afternoon. Hour and a half more with us. Clint Scott, Jeff Haxton, and Brendan Riker behind the glass taking care of us. Excuse me, all sorts of... High school basketball tonight. Friendships at Odessa Permian. Six o'clock start time here on Double T 97.3 after we're finished. Lubbock Cooper at Lubbock High. Six o'clock start time over 100.7 the score. And then Liberty's at home against Roosevelt. 6.30 start time. 93.1 Texas FM. All right. I uh, Hex, I like to start these conversations uh, with a simple question. And... I asked this a month ago, I asked this two weeks ago, and now I am here asking you yep. this question. What do we know about the Big 12? What do we know about the Big 12? Um, it's been made stronger with the addition of four teams that we didn't think would make it immediately stronger. Um, when you see in the preseason UCF lined up as the – unanimously um, left-behind team, you're like, yes, man, oh, oh, and Tech, we get to play them twice, yes. We, only, we, don't, we don't have to go to Allen Fieldhouse. We don't have to go to Kansas State. But it's been made stronger by 
if you I mean if you watch Cincinnati play, I mean they have pieces. Um, BYU is one of nine teams in the country that are top forty offense and top twenty defense. Um, UCF has uh, won at Texas and won at home against Kansas. These teams have brought not uh, holidays or breaks, but the opposite. You know, if a team like Cincinnati can go and push Kansas, like I imagine that that Cincinnati coach. So I bet I watched 70% of that game last night. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I turned it on, Kansas was plenty ahead. And this, you and I kind of broke this down where that first line is really, really good. Yeah. And then once they have to start, you know, rotating guys, then they, they, they drop off. But what do they get it to? Were they up by one or two, Cincinnati? They, they got up by, okay. uh, I think the biggest lead was two. Yeah, they were down by like 12, yeah. and now they're sitting there at halftime at Allen Fieldhouse. I imagine that Cincinnati coach sitting there talking to his team going, guys, this is the best the Big 12 has to offer. And here we are in, in year one leading by you know, just a couple. And, and I'm sure they knew it was going to be uh, – really tough to come away with a victory but hey we've played a half of basketball and the what the big 12 has the best to offer as far as atmosphere um intimidation factor on the road um that first line of players that's some of the best that the big 12 has to offer and we're right here we don't have anything to be afraid of we thought you know we i'm sure we had all kinds of questions as cincinnati bear guys on how we were going to fit into this league and how the the knights were going to fit into this league, but we we fit. We we're just fine, and so it's taken it and it's made it even harder. Now you know next year you're going to get Oklahoma and Texas rotating out, and I'm telling you, with what's coming in, I don't think you're going to miss them that much. I mean, OU is really good once every eight years, really good. Their NCAA tournament team probably half the time maybe even more. Um, Texas is a colossal um, underachieving bunch, and now you're going to jump in with Arizona and um, and Utah and these other schools, and Colorado's uh, got a chance to be a, a good program too. So what we've learned is it's a it's a conference that has it's, – it's just gnarly. It's got, it's got teeth, and you have to be a special brand of tough – to make it through all of these games and come out um, not on a losing side, to come out not below 500, to come out and uh, have a chance to contend. Um, so, so far we've learned a bunch, but there's we're like not even halfway through the course yet, you know? Yeah. So that's the thing. Like the Cincinnati part is interesting. And so, so with uh, same with UCF because. Do we, you know, view them and are they top to bottom as talented skill-wise um, as maybe the higher end of the Big 12? No. But with, when it comes to Big 12 schools and what makes a conference so special, if you are one yeah, of those teams. Yeah, that didn't bring up Baylor. How, 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 yeah, how, how tough are you and how many, like, punches on the chin can you take? And the early answer from UCF and Cincinnati is they're not afraid – to get in with it. Like they're not afraid to mix it up and and play some of those ugly games. Um and look, they've already bit a peop bit a couple people too. And so um I have been 
personally just as surprised as anybody by those two specific schools. And then BYU uh, has, you know, that's a program that came in. Um, I think you've talked about this before, whenever those four schools were coming in specifically for basketball. It's not like there isn't a, a track record of success over at BYU. Even 30-plus NCAA tournaments, yeah. one Elite Eight. They just haven't been able to make that large, gargantuan step to make it to a Final Four. But as I continually do in these conversations, neither is Missouri. Mm-hmm. So Missouri considers itself, I think, for years and years a basketball school. Maybe not now with Drinkwitz and how, what he's doing with football um, in the football season that they had. But, uh, you know, that this is hard to do. To get to a Final Four, really hard to do. Yeah. All right, so let's roll through some of these. I'm just do a, we'll do a quick exercise, Hacks. And you're just going to tell me if they're a pretender or a contender as I roll through some of these teams. Uh, let's start out with Houston. Uh, and very is, much. Let's let's go with just to win a Big 12 championship, too, just to make sure that's defined. Houston. Uh, favorite in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Favorite. Yo, Adrian! I did it! There you go. There's a contender. And there's, <laughs> there's Rocky. Uh, Kansas. Contender. Uh Better watch it away from Allen Fieldhouse. Better find a way to win away from there because they have been a completely different team, but definitely and almost always a contender. The Baylor The Baylor Bears, which I accidentally wrote down as Baylor Beans, I'm just realizing. So the Baylor Beans. Beans are contenders. Yo, so those were my those were like my triangle of teams I thought would win the Big 12 this year coming in. Um, still hasn't changed, although Baylor is – that's the one I have my eye on. But like we mentioned, Kansas has the depth issue. So, uh, And like you said, away from Allen Fieldhouse, what does it look like? Iowa State. Pretender. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Mm, could have been. How about Oklahoma? Pretender. I could have been a contender. <laughs> I could have been somebody. You were excited to press those, weren't you? Uh, BYU. Contender. Ooh, all right. <laughs> How about the 4-1 in conference play? Contender. Kansas State Wildcats. Pretender. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. I kind of, I kind of swerved on you on that one. I'm sorry. I was going to save them for last. I know we're, we all know what we're getting to. How about TCU? Pretender. Big time. Pretender. I could have been somebody. Well, no, you, no, you couldn't have, Jamie Dixon. Even with that haircut, you fit in with that quote. They're not even a frog. They're a lizard. You're a pretender with your own mascot. Bunch of jerks. Uh, Texas. I could have been a contender. <laughs> I could have been somebody. Could have been somebody. All right. Now you're four and one Texas Tech Red Raiders. You got to ask me after Saturday. Okay. Okay. With yeah. a win, contender. With a win, with a loss, pretender. And again, just for the sake of getting a conference turn, a conference championship, a regular conference, regular season conference championship. Because what what Texas Tech is inevitably inevitably going to run into is what they ran into um, at the end of the Butler game, at the end of the BYU game, just a little, 
at the Houston game where they have wear down. And the reason they wear down is they got six guys playing 25-plus minutes and three guys playing 34-plus minutes. And there's just not a ton of depth there. If they can develop some more depth, again, Robert Jennings, just give me 12. Give me 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Um, just enough to give these guys the breather that they need to get through these games. Just the depth is all I'm worried about. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. No joke. Uh, like, right before we went on, I got a picture from Gus. <laughs> a standing urinal like that. Uh, and so there were questions. He said he did not oblige. Like, he would. So I'm guessing he didn't bring his acid wash overalls. Uh, before we get back to some Big 12 basketball, it's Tech Talk here in Double T 97.3. Clint Scott, Jeff Haxton. And Brennan Riker. A couple different things happened uh, in the NBA. Now, yesterday was the anniversary of Kobe Bryant scoring 81, second most all-time. Choice uh, and I talked about that yesterday. Well, on that day, you had a couple, I mean, incredible individual performances. And I know we don't talk a, a lot about NBA, and I'm not trying to push that here. But one, you had Joel Embiid. He scored 70 in a 133 to 123 uh, win over the Spurs. He now owns the franchise record for most in a game. And Chamberlain played there, so pretty good company uh, to be in. But you also had Carl Anthony Towns, uh, who scored uh, 62 in a loss, by the way, to the Hornets. And if you have ever listened to a show with uh, <laughs> or I from back in the day, you know we have an affinity for... One Hornets broadcaster, dude, he gave us a doozy last night. 38? No! Oh! Are you kidding? <laughs> the panic of watching his own team be, like, have that many <laughs> points scored, the no! I love this. You, you search for this. He goes... <laughs> Hornets announcer Eric Collins was the real star of Carl Anthony Towns' 62-point game. I'm going to hear it one more time. 38? No! Are you kidding? It does give you um, flashbacks to the montage. I know. I mean, there's... What was it? Hum Diddly D was was the first one. Hum Diddly D! Oh, my gosh. His yeah, his screaming no as he's watching Anthony Towns about to take that. There's so much panic in it. It was beautiful. Well, Hornets broadcasters bonkers call of Carl Anthony Towns three pointer summed up his monster game. So mm-hmm. this guy he's he's been around for a while and uh, does a does the Hornets on TV for Bally Sports South. I would love to know what that final call sounded like because the Hornets won. So he got to uh, watch an incredible game, and the team that he's calling for, Yoza, got, <laughs> got the uh, got the win. Uh, break when we did the uh, breaking news for Adrian Beltre, we did not mention also uh, Joe Maurer and Todd Helton are officially 
Hall of Famers. That is uh, also announced as of now. Um, Beltre, who did get 95.1% of the ballots. Maurer got 76.1%. Uh, and Helton, 79.7. He makes it uh, in his sixth attempt. Maurer, of course, uh, that was a first-year ballot as well. So, uh, still looking for the rest of the results. Those are the three that I know for sure. Big 12 <clears throat> basketball. You have uh, that Houston... BYU game that we're getting into. And what I what I think is an interesting storyline um, is everyone still knows that, that Houston was good. And everyone was expecting big things from the Big 12, and I don't think that that has changed. And at first, I thought it was interesting whenever Houston dropped that first game hacks to, to Iowa State. I saw on one hand, I saw big for the, oh, welcome to the Big 12. Can't just roll through it like you did the American. And it was, okay, well, that was at Hilton. Dude, everyone's lost at Hilton. And what was it, by a point? Um, and there was a blizzard. Or a four, four points, excuse me. Um, and But then they lost to, to TCU, who's, who's racked up a couple of wins. And, again, still not going, oh, well, it's not the American. <laughs> Can't just roll through here and beat everybody, can you? But... You know, a Houston that is, again, still in my trio of favorites, and why wouldn't they be uh, to win the Big 12 this year? One thing they're going to have to do is they're going to have to start winning on the road. And you could say that about a lot of teams, and it's tough in the Big 12, but somebody is going to have to do it. And that's where I think tonight's test is incredibly interesting because on the other side, BYU's trying to hold serve because they're a little bit behind the eight ball now. So I, I look at this Houston squad, and isn't how, that something you can be so good in all the metrics, and the net loves you, and the computers love you, and you're in the you know you're in the top twenty five, and you can just say that like you just did that they're behind the eight ball, which is Big Twelve basketball, and that's where it's such an unforgiving league because mm. it's like there's there's not a single team right now, and and if you're coaching the Big 12 properly, you're not I mean, you're doing a team a disservice if you're not doing this. Like, there's there's no breath. There's no uh, well, okay, you can recuperate for a little bit. Unless you're right now where you're Texas Tech, you don't got a game. Like, you don't have a game. So, there is your take a breath. Mm-hmm. But you just don't have that luxury. So, you if you want to be good in this league, you can't just sit there and look at the like tear stains of your eyes because like for BYU, you've got Big Bad Houston now coming down the pipe, who is doing everything that they can to make noise in their first year and be that national contender and be that, boy, we walked into the Big 12 and won it, and it was brutal along the way. Um, But the early test now is, so let me me ask you this. If BYU does win tonight, what are you walking away? What are you walking away saying? Without seeing what it looks like. Because I just assume this is going to be to me, I think this is going to be a close game either way. It is just going to tell me even more that five or six losses have a chance to win this league. I mean, if Houston were to leave tonight already with three losses, me putting my eyes on them, seeing just how good they are, and then we're going to roll out of there with them already having three losses. 
Mm-hmm. Kansas with two losses. K-State and Texas Tech hanging out there somehow still with one loss. That And again, that's why I, I'll, I'll go back and echo it. I mean, we said it in the first hour, at least. You know, I said it. If Texas Tech goes up and wins to, uh, Saturday in Norman, they're an absolute Big 12 front runner. Mm-hmm. They are. Now, I, I just don't know if it can hold together because of the depth issues. And it's being a situation where you've you know lost Devin Cambridge and you still have the Pop Isaac stuff in the air. Um, I don't know if you can hold it together, but if you whirl out of there at five and one, you're a Big Twelve front runner because that would be two road victories. The only ro- loss that you would have in the league was to the then number one team in the net, Houston. So if BYU can do this, just Buckle up, man. And I think they got a great chance. I mean, there's only a two-and-a-half-point underdog in this thing. Mm-hmm. So what? I can't wait. It's going to be a fist fight with Cougars, man. And um, whoever <laughs> comes out is going to be feeling great. Whoever comes out is going to be like, dang it. And now we got to go after it again this weekend and try to try to keep climbing because this uh, this would be a tremendous win for them. And again, we all kind of thought, out of all the new schools, BYU's the one that scared me the most for this year, um, basketball-wise. They're, well, it, it, Houston scared me the most. But, like, as far as, like, the new, new newbies that are not in this state, yeah, they're out of Cincinnati, Central Florida, and BYU, they scared me the most. It's just, um, it's amazing how much stronger the league has gotten with these four editions where we thought it might soften it a little bit. It's gone the other way. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't think you were adding four tournament team, tournament caliber teams. And right now what you've seen, caliber is the key word there. And then for like BYU uh, being a closer feeling to a top tier, however you want to see it and however you want to like level those, um, than a midway or bottom half team. Um you know, you talked about the uh, clashing of styles in this matchup tonight. Oh, man, I can't wait for it. That's going to be so much fun. Like, can Houston just brutalize BYU like they do defensively? Or BYU, can you still have that free-flowing offense? Can you have those, get those perimeter shots off? And well, can you find open looks? Let's not forget also, there's going to be 17,000 people there. That's true. Big crowd. This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.